Welcome to Happily Ever After is just the beginning. Keeping your relationship not just together, but happy, and we mean truly happy, is part art and part science. You've come to the right place. Here's your host, Leslie Dorries. Being married has been found to be one of the best ways to accumulate wealth. Contrarily, money is also one of the top two sources for disagreements in a marriage, the other being sex and intimacy. And that's because both of these issues are extremely personal and open to judgment. So what makes talking about money so challenging? And is there anything that would make it easier? Well, that's what I'm going to be talking about today with my guest, Brian Page. He's a personal finance and economics educator and the founder of Modern Husbands. So, Brian, thanks for coming on the show and talking about what is a challenging topic for a lot of couples. Well, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. So, you've actually been educating people, thank goodness, on personal finance for many years. So what have you found to be some common challenges around money and marriage? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. Um, and I'm, I'm actually going to, uh, to lean on the research here because that, you know, that obviously takes into consideration many more people. And sure. you, you tend to find a few things that really stick out. And those are the few things that I find myself as well. And, uh, you know, the first being just failure to, to communicate, right? And um, <laughs> I think that yeah, as, I, my, as I, my listeners will tell you, I talk about communication all the time. At least, guys, I'm not talking about communication today directly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that that's probably a, a pattern that you see in all types of topics in marriage. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, but, yeah, you know, it's, it's money, money comes with, – with money comes, uh, you know, strong emotions for some. Mm-hmm. Um, and those emotions could be, uh, you know, negative. They could be positive. Um, they could be things like fear or shame uh, that prevents you from talking about money. It could be uh-huh. just the, the lack of understanding. Uh, and, you know, those, those emotions are really what drives folks from failing to communicate about, motion, about right. money, right? And, and obviously, you know, not understanding money itself is a, is a big problem. You know, so much of the country uh, – <laughs> Fails to failed to teach personal finance in schools. Now that's changing, fortunately. Mm-hmm. There's strong them to change that. But you know, for for people our age, you know, it just wasn't the case in in high school. It's not like you you took a class in it, and and if you did, you probably didn't take a class in how to manage money with a partner, right? That's a whole right. different element. Like yes. personal, <laughs> um, but boy, now you bring in somebody else, it makes it even tougher. Um, mm-hmm. So failing to communicate is is certainly um, the the top issue. You know, the second would be that we, we all have our own relationships with money. Uh-huh. And, and those, those relationships, sometimes they're referenced, uh, referred to as uh, money scripts or money stories. Uh-huh. Um, those are uh, relationships that are rooted pretty strongly um, in our upbringing. Right. And, uh, you know, when you have uh, one person – who grew up in an environment where perhaps there was financial trauma, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the big trauma, like right. uh, parents constantly had to move because they uh, were being evicted or, you know, the lights went out and they couldn't pay utility bills, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with that uh, becomes some pretty complicated emotions that make managing money um, difficult. Um, but it could 
could also be just the, the, the cultural understanding that folks have with money and maybe the discrepancies uh, that those cultural understandings create with, with your partner. Uh-huh. Um, so just you know, one example would be um, uh, one of my board members at Modern Husbands is Dr. Streeb from Duke University, and uh, you know she, she is an expert in, in cross-class relationships. And so when you have, as uh-huh. an example, uh, one spouse or partner who manages or is from a blue uh, caller background um, uh-huh. and another partner who is from, let's say, more of a professional background and upbringing, um, with that comes, you know, kind of a different attitude towards money. So right. as an example, typically somebody who comes from a background where, uh, you know, money was, money was tight, um, uh-huh. they, weren't, they didn't talk about it, and this surprised me in the research, um, they, they tend to uh, spend more freely. Uh-huh. They tend to uh, plan less. Right, and uh, you know, one, one of the theories is that because they grew up in an environment where money was tight and they didn't talk about money very often, and uh, they just want to take advantage of what they have while they have it. Uh-huh. Um, so, um, folks who grew up where uh, they had plenty of money and it was talked about commonly, they tend to be the, more the planners that they are right. comfortable diving into the details, having conversations about it, um, and so. You, right in that itself, you have one person who hates talking about money and loves to spend freely, and then the other person loves to talk money, about money and loves to save. Right? So you can imagine that yeah. instantly there's going, to be, there's going to be conflict, and opposites do attract. At least that's what I've read and been told. Um, but without some sort of intervention or at least some education and understanding why perhaps there are some differences in your attitude mm-hmm. towards money and how you can work together, it can, it can create a problem. Um, and the third is about just different values, right? Right, and and that that is um, that can be that can be a real problem if uh, you don't recognize. So, oh, sorry, um, an example. Um, my my parents, um, I was super lucky. They were amazing. Uh, I had a great upbringing. Um, I never had to worry about money. Uh, but however, um, they were extremely frugal. Uh-huh. Uh, frugal. When I say frugal, I mean like um, <laughs> our living furniture uh, was taken out of my grandparents' house after it was leveled in a tornado, uh-huh. and um, my couch uh, under the cushions had a piece of plywood because the springs were gone. That, that was the living <laughs> furniture, right? Um, our cars, uh, one car uh, was recruited and uh, entered, recruited to be entered, and was entered in the Clinton County Demolition Derby and won, <laughs> right? So, so you can imagine uh, right. you know, the kinds of possessions that we had. Well, the reason for that was that, you know, my dad grew up in a very modest right. um, upbringing. He grew up on a farm. He was a sharecropper. And, uh, you know, he had to, in order to afford college, he had to uh, live right. in a railroad car and work on the railroad, right? So, yeah. uh, you know, we, we had, my parents both had good jobs. Um, but my dad had rental properties, but we still lived that way, right? This, right. You know, so you guys were like the prototypical, the millionaire next door, right? Where people yeah, are yeah, wearing, yeah. wearing yeah. freight shirts and, you know, their cars are 20 years old and, you know, but they've, but they've got it in the bank. Well, I mean, and that is... They've they, got it in the bank, yeah. I mean, I mean and it's, that's such an important thing because, you know, I mean, it's, it's interesting because North Carolina did pass a, a financial literacy um, yeah. 
piece that now it has to be taught. I'm, I'm, I'm working for, okay, so where's the relationship 101 class that everybody needs to take? Um, but, you know, because you know, it is, it's, it's just people don't understand how money works. And like you're talking about, you have these, these different experiences, which, you know, that's what I talk about being a challenge for marriage is you're two different people. Now what? I mean, you know, it's like, how do we, how, I mean, because it's not just, I mean, it's not money, but you're talking about, you know, values, what kind of lifestyle do we want to lead? What did we experience? And, you know, people, you know, it, I mean, I think when it's said out loud, people go, oh, yeah, that makes sense. But on a day-to-day basis, it's like background noise. It's like, oh, you know, why is my partner doing this, right? I mean, so what are you, – you, you actually help couples and, and, and individuals in general understand money. So what is it that you wished that couples, either contemplating marriage or maybe they're already engaged, knew about managing their money at this stage? Because in many cases in, in this day and age, these couples are living together. They may actually have bought a house together, I mean, but they're not yet legally joined. So what is it that they need to know? Well, actually, I'll uh, just start with your values. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that, because uh, that ultimately determines the direction of a lot of spending uh, preferences. And, uh-huh. you know, like, like, uh, like I was saying with my upbringing, I had that extreme. Well, my wife was the opposite, where right. her parents uh, were everyday folks, you know, and mm-hmm. they lived in a nice house, a nice car, but um, like most of America, they didn't, they didn't save a bunch, you know, uh-huh. and so they drove the nice car. And the, now, now so, so imagine this. You have one person who grew up in this, you know, extremely frugal environment, and that's what they know. Right. And you have another person who grew up in an environment that's probably more resembling of America. And right. they always had nice cars and nice stuff. Now, now you think about the, <laughs> the daily decisions that you each make and how mm-hmm. different mm-hmm. they are, particularly mm-hmm. when you first start out in life. Because you're, maybe, maybe a lot of your listeners started out in life with a lot of money. I, that was not our case in our marriage. And so right. when – when you start out, you, you've got to really have a plan for every penny because in most instances, you don't have a lot of discretionary income to play with. Right. And if you have one person who wants to spend $40,000 on a car and another person that's fine with a bicycle, you, right. you have a big problem. So when you first – when you're contemplating marriage or you're engaged – you need to understand what are the things that are most important to each of you, mm, right? Mm-hmm. For some people, it could be a, a future child's education. It could be experiences. It could be philanthropy. It could be a nice house, house safety. Um, it could be a nice car. I mean, what, what are the things that really make you happy? Mm-hmm. And if there's a really big discrepancy there, then you have to reconcile that, whether it's through conversations, and if, and if those don't work, seek uh, professional help. Like, seek the help of a financial therapist before mm-hmm. you tie the knot, before you decide whether or not you're going to live the rest of your life together. Because well, if you're going to spend your whole life fighting about money, you're not going to be very you – you're not going to be very happy, right? Right. Well, but, but the other thing is, I mean, and, and as you're talking about this, I'm, I'm, I'm having memories of working with clients and friends and everything. It's like and, – and what a lot of people do now is they – because they, they're, they're maybe living together, but they, but they keep everything separate, 
And, you know, and then, and then it's a question of how do we, you know, divide the bills. And I remember this working with this one couple where he, his job paid more than hers. I mean, it was just, it, it, you know, it just was the way things were. And, you know, and then, and then splitting it 50, 50, it's like, well, that, whoa, I mean, because then, because she's then paying much more out of her income and we get into what's fair and, you know, and, and so a lot of people just go, I don't want to talk about this. So we just leave it completely separate, but then we yeah, get married. I, it's like, oh my god! <laughs> and and I want to get I want to get into that because that is how you split your finances is a whole different conversation. Mm-hmm. And, but it's and it's an essential one to have. Um, but there are two more things that uh, couples really need to consider um, uh, before they get married or if they're engaged. So you've got obviously your values. Um, and then their own relationship with money, right? Because with that uh-huh. come all those strong emotions, and you have to work through those to, have a communi- to, to be able to communicate. But yep. the third, and this is very important in, in the 21st century, are what are the, what are the career goals that you <sighs> yes. have? Because this is, this is 2023. So the days are over where only the man works and brings home the bacon, and the woman stays home and, and you know, takes care of the house, those days are long and gone. And so mm-hmm. when you have right now women that are outpacing men at every college degree level, associates, bachelors, masters, PhD, and professional degrees, you, I think it's time we all recognize that there has to be a collaborative spirit and understanding who is going to be driving the career engine of our relationship. Ooh. And if it's both of us, then yeah. we have to have ongoing conversations. And this has been the case with my wife and I where we, we switched back and forth, and it's the case with a lot of the people uh-huh. who are, you know, community members of Modern Husbands where both couples have good jobs. And, and the reason I bring this up, the reason it's so important is because the, the kind of the default when there's a child born is she is the lead caregiver, right? And that's not necessarily what's the, uh, in the best interest of a relationship. That's not necessarily what's in the best interest of uh, the personal finances of a household. Right. And the, that takes conversation. So I think it's important that couples think about their career goals and how that will impact not only their personal finances, who, what's going to happen when there's a child, but also where will they live? Because I have, for example, one, one of our uh, Modern Husband Advisory Board members, um, they're a couple. Well, one lives in D.C. right now, uh, vice president of Industrial Bank, and the other one lives in Houston, Texas, wow. um, as a tax attorney with ExxonMobil. Those are two really big-time jobs. Now, they don't have kids yet, right. but they, have, they continue to go back and forth to manage these very big-time careers and right. find ways to still see each other. So, the, well, so those yeah. would be the three things like, that couples really need to think about when they're contemplating marriage or getting engaged. What are your career goals? What are your, each of your values, and can those work together? And then what are each of your relationships with money? Yeah, and, that, and that's so critically important. So this is Happily Ever After is just the beginning on webtalkradio.net. I'm Leslie Dorries, and I'm talking with personal finance and economics educator Brian Page. He's also the founder of Modern Husbands. And if you and your partner struggle with how to handle your finances, 
guess what? You're not alone. But not having the conversation won't make things easier. Divorce is about the fastest way to lose wealth that exists, maybe second only to serious medical costs. But it's also one that can be prevented most of the time, but only if you take action to deal with the challenges. And that's where I can help. So I invite you to take a moment and schedule your free no obligation five-star relationship call you can reach me by phone at area code 919-924-0463 that's 919-924-0463 or you can send me an email leslie l-e-s-l-i at foundationscoachingnc.com that's f-o-u-n-d-a-t-i-o-n-s coaching n is in nancy c is in charlie.com and now i want to get back to this conversation about marriage and money so brian how do or should the way a couple handle their finances early in the marriage change from maybe what they were doing pre-engagement or i mean or pre-marriage so so there is a a clear answer to what people should do. <laughs> there is a clear answer and that is they should do what works for them i love so, it <laughs> um, I realize there are folks out there that preach like a certain approach mm-hmm. that you have to apply in every circumstance. And I just, that that dogmatic approach does not work for everybody. Um, right. So I think the first thing that people need to recognize is um, typically the first six months of be- financial behavior in a marriage um, cements uh, how people will move forward. So that mm-hmm. means um, how you manage money together. And when I say that, I mean, um, when you sit down and have a money conversation, which you should do at least once a month, if not weekly early in your marriage, and decide what is it that you want to focus on? What are your financial goals? What are your values? Have you, do you have a, enough emergency savings to withstand a storm? Whatever it may be. Uh-huh. And then after you've had those conversations to decide where will all the money go, then you have to decide who's actually going to do the work to manage it. And, and some folks – have mm-hmm. a dedicated person who just manages the money, right? They pay all the bills. They take care of it. Right. Some of them uh, divide it up depending on there could be have common skill sets. They could have mm-hmm. things that they enjoy, or perhaps there's something that one partner hates and another partner loves. And then you're usually flipping a coin over health insurance because nobody wants to deal with that. But, <laughs> yeah, but, no. that's, <laughs> but that's, that's really important to figure out um, uh, where is your money going to go and who's going to manage the money and make sure that you are communicating regularly. So they're, oftentimes they're called money dates where right. you just sit down in an environment uninterrupted and you're proactive. Because the last thing people need to do is only talk about money when there's a problem with money. Right. And that's, a, that's, that's what happens. And people wonder why they fight about money. They're not really fighting about money. Mm-hmm. They're fighting about not communicating and not planning because they get something in the mail that says they're behind on a bill or perhaps somebody has credit card debt, and now they're arguing over it. Of course they're arguing. There's tension. It's scary. It's frustrating. And it's, if you have money dates early in your marriage and make sure that you are proactive and you plan all of these things out, now you're not really talking about money. What you're talking about is a lifestyle. What you're talking about is thinking about how you want to live together. And that's a lot more fun than talking or arguing about paying a bill that's late. So that would be um, the first thing. Mm -hmm. But I think, I think you, you started, you alluded to this earlier, like how, if if both of you are making money, Uh what are you going to do when you're married? Now, um, there are three common approaches. 
Um, yep. The first approach is everybody keeps money separate. And um, you have common bills that you each pay, uh, rent, mortgage, whatever. Um, and those bills are bills that you both manage together, but you both essentially pay. Mm-hmm. Now, how you divide that up, some couples do it as a percentage of income. You might have one person who makes a way more than another. And, and that can help because you don't want one person making $500,000 a year, another person making fifty, and going Splitting 50, the bill 50, 50. 50-50, yeah. You, <laughs> yeah. You, yeah. I mean, you're going to have one person that has no money whatsoever, right? Right. So that's going to create a problem. Um, so that's one way. Another way, um, which, is, which is more common, is uh, uh, you have three different accounts, yours, mine, and ours. Yours, Correct. mine, and ours. Now, mm-hmm. that, that is typically, they can be broke up in many ways, particularly mm-hmm. in blended families. So uh, yeah. a lot of times when you're splitting your finances, what you're doing is looking at complexity and trying to simplify it in a way to make money simple for you to manage. So mm-hmm. in many circumstances, most couples have most expenses and most of their money shared. Right. And the mine and ours could be a small slush fund, like $500 a month, that is used for surprise gifts. Or perhaps it's something that drives the other partner crazy, like my fantasy football habits, where I'm <laughs> in multiple leagues, right? Right, so right. Rather than fighting about it, you just say, look, we're each going to have a few hundred bucks a month where we don't talk about where the money's going. Right, or we do whatever we our, want. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, yeah, whatever we want. Um, and still the most common um, is where you just push all of your money together. Right. Now, I'm not suggesting that that's the right thing to do for everybody. It's not. That's really right. important to reinforce. Um, however, uh, what the research has found is that people who blend all of their money are far less likely to divorce. So, good. And I have and I have thoughts about that, and, and partially because. Anything for me that keeps us separate, and I, you know, I, I joke about, you know, um, once you get married, you share, you know, what's yours is mine and mine is yours, except for our shoes and our underwear. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, but, but because, but, you know, but, but that, and I do say that when I talk about everybody joining things together, because that means, you know, we see that we're in this, but that there's a caveat to that, that I think you would agree with, meaning that, both couples, oh, sorry, both partners need to know what's going on. They're, I mean, I've had, I've had people who said, you know, one partner doesn't want to know anything about the money. And I'm going, you cannot abdicate out oh, of wow. a, no. a, a primary thing that's going on in marriage. So, so just like, well, it's too hard and I don't want to talk about it. It's like, well, first off, that's, I mean, that's, that's not okay because you, you have responsibility. And so to just say, oh, my, my partner has to do it all. It's like, now, now you're sowing seeds um, of resentment. But, but, right. but when everything's all pooled together, you can't hide what's going on, right? No. If, you know, that's if it's exactly all pooled, right. You know, and so and and so that that does open up the lines of communication. It also can make things a little bit challenging at the beginning. 
but you know it's kind of like when my husband and I got married he was a he was in grad school so we didn't have a whole lot of money so we you know we had to be very very careful about what we were doing and we had to talk about it right and you know it's like mm-hmm. can can we afford to do this what are what kind of groceries are we going to buy i mean you know do, i mean literally down at, at at that level because there just wasn't a whole lot of money um and you know and so, but how people talk about this and the, and the non-judgment, I think, is so critical because when my husband and I got married, I came in to the marriage with credit card debt. I worked in retail and I, you know, so I was constantly around stuff and it, it wasn't a lot and I'm not, you know, and I really don't have the shopping gene, but when I'm literally there day to day with it in my face, it's like, okay, yeah, I got a little, you know, and then we had to really go, oh, I can't do that anymore. <laughs> yeah. So you had to have you had to be able to have these conversations without judgment, and that, that I is, think is, that is exactly the hard right. part. Yeah, that is exactly because you're you so often folks, and, and this is my opinion, people in our country identify value with uh, how much is in their bank account, right. and, and that is my opinion, just the wrong way to look at the, at, at the quality of a human being. Like the character right. of a person is, is priceless. And so you, you, you do have to um, uh, compartmentalize the person with the financial circumstance and not pass and, and make sure that um, you're giving grace and there's no shame. Um, and, and otherwise, you know, you're going to start your relationship off on the wrong foot. Right, because I mean they're all you because and again, and you said this, a lot of people just don't know about money, and you know and and that's not I mean, I talk about it as ignorance in the true meaning of the word ignorance. I just don't know, doesn't mean I can't learn, but I just don't have that knowledge, and we can all only function off of the knowledge that we have, and then if somebody's going to make me uh, well, they can't make me feel bad. But if somebody makes comments that make that, you know that 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 hurt, then uh, you know then I'm not going to be willing to share this kind of thing. And then that just puts right. that distance. That to me is what is what really creates the problems. So one of right. the other things you also talk about is about the transitions in marriage that impact finances. And uh, you you briefly talked about one of those transitions, which is oh having a baby. Um, but what do you mean and what should couples be aware of? I was, I was interviewing one of my advisory board members at Modern Husbands, Dr. Mangino, and she, she wrote uh, Equal Partners, and, mm-hmm. and she, she's internationally acclaimed for understanding just partnerships in the 21st century. And she said something so profound but so simple that I, I, I still to this day would <laughs> Somebody would have told me this 21 years ago. Um, mm-hmm. so just prior to any transitions and, and at different stages in your relationship, um, just simply ask your, your partner, what, what does an ideal husband look like to you? Mm-hmm. What does an mm-hmm. ideal wife look like to you? Mm-hmm. And have them talk. Mm-hmm. Because if you I'd – never, I'd never ask my wife that. What's an ideal <laughs> husband? So I'm just kind of kind – of, going around just making decisions and some like mm-hmm. talking, but I didn't have any idea of what her vision of a great husband was. So how am I going to be a great husband to my wife if I don't know what she thinks a great husband is? So right. I think the first thing is to identify with each other your vision of a great partner mm-hmm. and have those 
patients. Um, and, you know, the, the second would be, and when I say transitions, it could be transitioning from uh, engagement to marriage or transitioning from uh, uh, having uh, no children to one, ch- one child or two children. Um, anytime there's some sort of big change in your life. Uh-huh. Um, so a new job. You go through, yeah, a, a new career. You got uh-huh. it. Um, but it's, it's always important to remember that money is only one part of the labor that's needed to manage a home. Oh, I love that. And that, mm-hmm. the, uh, unfortunately, uh, to this day, women continue to take on a larger burden of the division of labor at home. And the, the challenge with that, there's a number of challenges. First of all, um, that in itself, really, that, that, that leads to a lot of like, resentment. Yes, it does. And, mm-hmm. and not and it's that, and it's that. I mean, that you could have people have entire classes based on the psychology of that, right? Like they grew up seeing a certain thing, and now they're modeling it, even though it doesn't make sense. Right. Um, and so the reason I share this is because in the 21st century, um, both partners, most majority of homes, both partners work, uh-huh. and so we can't expect. Um, our partners, let's say, in my case, it's, it's, it's a woman. It could be another man, but, but in my case, uh-huh. it's a woman. We, I can't expect her to be completely happy if she's not having a career that's fulfilling to her. Because right. for her, that is her priority. That might not always be the case, and that's okay. But in our relationship, that is important. And so we can't, I can't expect her to have career success if she's coming home and not just managing a bunch of people in her job, but now has to come home and manage all the people in her family. That right. has to be something that's divided up. And how you divide it up depends on so many things, right? Your sure. skill sets, your passion, your time, et cetera. So, so determine in these periods of transition in a marriage, how is it that each of you are going to work together to manage the home? And finally, mm-hmm. the last thing, is because we've already talked about whose career comes first and when. But the third thing would be, um, how are you going to provide a, care, a great caregiving experience for your children? Yeah. When, when you get married and you have a, let's say you're getting ready to have a child, women oftentimes are the ones who stay home for a longer period of time than men. Mm-hmm. Men, even when offered paternity, Paternity, uh, uh, they right. don't take it. Right. Paternity leave is just untaken. Twenty-four percent of companies uh, provide paternity leave. Men don't take it. That that is doing your spouse a disservice, but it's also doing your disservice as a man because the research has found when men are distributing fair or, or uh, um, uh, working fairly in the home and and uh-huh. uh, the chores are distributed fairly, not only is the marriage healthier, but the husband actually gains the most happiness. Um, <laughs> when men spend more quality time with their children and they're uh-huh. present because they have the time, right. men are happier and, and the, the outcomes for children are more positive. So it's important that when married couples are managing a transition into having a child or two children or three, don't just default into a 19 19- 50s style system right 23 well I mean and that's you know but again and, and you're hitting on all of these things and you're bumping up against and you and, and you started the conversation talking about values and to me that is such a critical thing and I think that it scares people 
because, um, I mean, many, many years, I mean, actually almost my entire career, people would ask me, do you do premarital counseling? I said yes with anybody who was willing to do it. But most people mm -hmm. don't want to because, because things are going to be pointed out. And again, doesn't mean that they can't be resolved, but it's just even just raising the issue is right. terrifying. You know, because right. it's like, oh, well, what if I realize that this person's values and mine don't align? And I'm going, better to know that before you're married and have kids than 20 years yeah. in. Yeah. I mean, I, because, right. because, again, those values are going to show up. And, it, and having different values isn't necessarily a problem. It's the not addressing the differences. Yeah. That's the problem. Well, and being afraid of, I mean, because people would say, well, I don't want to go to premarital counseling because maybe they'll tell me we shouldn't get married. And I'm going, well, if you're already having that thought, that ought to be a stop sign. But, <laughs> you know, right. but, but, you know, we, it, there's, it, it's scary. And, and to me, knowledge is power. Knowledge, knowledge in and of itself isn't good. I mean, there's, there's no judgment on the knowledge. It's just like, here's what the facts say. Here's what the research shows. Now, again, yep. as you said, it's critically important that people do what works for them. I mean, I remember um, when I was pregnant with my son, who's my oldest child, um, there was a woman who I worked with who was, she, I think she had her baby like three months before I had mine. And she's like, you have to make sure that your husband gets up in the night with you when you're feeding the baby. And I'm thinking, I am not going to be working outside of the home when the baby is born and my husband is. Why would I want, and plus I was also TMI breastfeeding so that he couldn't feed the baby. So it's like, why would I do that? <laughs> it made yeah, no sense yeah. to me whatsoever. So I thought it was just like, thank you very much. And we did what worked for us. It was like, yeah. um, you know, but that's, but I think that that's what people get caught up into is because, oh, now I have to make a decision. I don't, I'm not following the crowd. I'm not doing what they, the great they, whoever they are says I should be doing as opposed to really sitting down with my partner and what works for us. You got it. You know, but because then, you know, and again, you're talking about the household, running the household. And again, to me, that's another one of those major areas. You don't get to abdicate. My, my, my view is anybody who lives in a household who's over the age of two has responsibility <laughs> for keeping it running because two-year-olds can pick up their stuff. That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. Man, we're all adults. <laughs> we yeah. can all, you know, <laughs> pick up and do our, do our thing around the house. <laughs> right. And it's like, and you have an obligation to. It was like, you know, my kids, you, it's like they were complaining at one point in time about what I was preparing for dinner. It's like, if you don't like what I prepare, then you better weigh in because if it's left up to me, I'm going to fix what I want, and don't you complain about it. <laughs> Until you guys start participating, you don't get to complain. But, but, it. But, but it's hard because you have to have those skills. And here we go again, listeners, communication. <laughs> you have to have the skills. And, and also, and I do think that when you're focused working as a team, and it's not – it's not a competition between you and me, but we're actually a team and we're trying to accomplish something together, which, oh, by the way, we've agreed to. That makes the conversation so much easier. Yeah, and that's, and that's what we try to do at Modern Husbands because ultimately 
uh, you know, our, our partners are our, our teammates. Our spouses are our teammates. And, uh, and, and look, I, I get, you know, the 1950s structure where he went to work, she stayed home. At that time, that was logical. Um, uh-huh. and, this, and, and for some people now, that works now, and that's great, right. too. I'm not suggesting that's not right. you know, wrong for everybody. But what doesn't make sense is, is that model from the 50s applied in 2023 where both spouses are working. It, it's just we all know from the research it just leads to you know, a lot of tension and unhappiness right. in marriage, and it's just got to be – you know, teammates working together to figure out how to manage the house and the marriage in a way that everyone's happy. Right. And I do think that, you know, I mean, having, having watched the very first episode of Mad Men and breaking out into a cold sweat as I did going, Oh my God. Um, you know, because, <laughs> because those, those roles were so rigid and, yeah. you know, I mean, and so the idea now is we, we actually have more freedom to make choices Oh yeah. Yep. But the flip side, I mean, but the flip side to that is, okay, now we have freedom to make choices. <laughs> yeah. and it's, you know, but but that but I know you feel this way. It's empowering because we get to decide what's best. And that doesn't mean that our parents did it wrong or our neighbors are doing it wrong or whatever. It's just being really clear and intentional because I do believe that marriage is all about intention, you know, what is it that we're intentionally doing? And finances are a big part of that. And again, it's much easier. I mean, I I do think it's much safer to have those tough conversations early on and come up with a, with a solution that works for both of us. And then we can implement it because then it makes it so much easier down the road, right? You got it. So, Brian, can you share, because I know you said something, you know, we've been talking about modern husbands, and can you share um, some more information about modern husbands, what you do, how people can learn more about managing their finances in a healthier way? Sure thing. Yeah, we, if you go to modernhusbands.com, you'll see that uh, the, we're a platform and a community what we're focused on managing money in the home as a team. It's, it's that simple. And uh, although it sounds simple to do, it, it, as you know, uh, and we've been talking about this, in practicality, it's not that easy. And so we just simply share ideas on how to have conversations, ideas on um, you know, how to divide things up at home, and in particular, um, ideas on how to manage money as a couple. And, that, and that's where there, te- there tends to be a lot of challenges for a number of reasons. So it could be the education of the content itself, like how, what is credit building, um, yeah down to how to have those conversations with your partner about money, how to address um, some of the friction in your marriage around money. Uh, so at modernhusbands.com, you can, you can subscribe to our newsletter. We only send it out every couple of weeks. Uh, and then uh, we, we also have free courses that come with that. Uh, and then we have a podcast that we now release uh, every week, the Modern Husbands podcast, where, you know, just like, uh, you know, the, this conversation we've had, we, uh-huh. we just share ideas to manage money in the home uh, together. And then we also dive a little bit into uh, you know some specificity for husbands and their mental health and happiness um, and uh, yeah so the, the, the podcast can be found at modernhusbands.com and of course we're, we're active on about any social media channel that that you probably have well great because as I've already said a couple of times in the show I believe that nobody gets to opt out of a major aspect of marriage and dealing with money and finances is a major aspect not participating in the discussion or knowing what's happening with your money 
is actually abdicating responsibility, and that usually creates problems for the marriage in the long run. So how do you and your partner deal with money? Does something need to change? Well, hopefully you've gotten some great information from today's show, and you can get more information if you go to Brian's website. But hopefully you found this conversation helpful, and until next week, stay loving. Stay loving.